Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. All of your entertainment and pop culture in one place every afternoon. Uh, and we have a lot to get to today. We've got our next episode of Driving with Dave coming out. Our first episode in the Tesla. The sound is improved. The video is improved. I'm going to drop the YouTube version tomorrow, but a full extended sneak peek for you here on the podcast. I'll have that conversation with Mario Adrian, my friend Mario from Germany. He's a model and he's uh, built his career as a stand-up comedian and YouTuber. We'll have that and so much more on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh boy, happy Friday. It's a beach day. I'm back to my home studio setup after several days in sunny San Diego. A big shout out to David and Jennifer and David and Jenna, two couples that came to our stand-up show yesterday and Lisa by the pool. I was out by the pool yesterday at my hotel and this guy goes, hey Dave. And I was like, did he just say, hey Dave? And then his wife comes by and says, sorry, that's my husband. I told him I knew you from YouTube and all that. So, hey, big shout out. Good to run into you, Cal and Caleb in the hot tub. It's always good to hit, hit, hit uh, connect with a fan one at a time in the hot tub. So we've got some Bachelor news. I made two videos today. Neither of them I'll publish here on the podcast. One was Nick Vial. I tell you what, actually, I'll share this with you. I'll do the, I'll do the quick version. Nick Vial is in a new movie. It's called The List. In the official trailer, it's essentially one of those like hall pass movies, which to be honest, I kind of like these style of movies, Cheeky, where a engaged couple makes a celebrity list of who they would bang. Well, the guy ends up banging someone on his celebrity list. Now the lady has to find someone on her celebrity list that she can bang. And of course, I know you're asking, how is Nick Vial on anyone's celebrity bang list? I don't know, folks, but he is. Here's a quick clip from the trailer. We need a damn good plan. It's Nick Vial. What would you even say to him? Happen to be a ninja with words. Will you accept this rose? That's a daisy. <laughs> Funny. Thanks, but no thanks. So that's it. He goes, thanks, but no thanks. So maybe that was it. Maybe there's more to the story, but either way, pretty cool. And lucky for him, he shot this before. SAG went on strike. That's right. SAG went on strike. The Screen Actors Guild dash the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, which were two separate unions. I know that because I paid for two separate unions and now they merged, but they are going on strike. We are going on strike right now. That means all productions are halting, including the Wicked movie premiere. Cast and crew go poof from the set of Wicked. Yeah, that's right. These are This is a big deal, folks. You have um, the cast of the Oppenheimer movie walking off of the premiere. There's going to be no press for any movies coming out. It's This is solidarity. If you want to know more about this story, I've got it on YouTube. But this is a good thing for the middle class, for working Americans, for working actors, and anyone who has a blue-collar job and a boss that's not treating them with the sort of normal pay raises we should, you know, you should be getting at least a 3% bump a year due to inflation, even though inflation's bigger right now. I mean, and so, so many people are making less than they made before the pandemic. And uh, when you, if you are in a union, you have the right legally to not just unionize, but link arms and stand tall with your fellow uh, working class to fight for better wages out there. And kudos to SAG for joining the uh, director's 
Writers Guild, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, the Writers Guild, the WGA, as they are also on strike. The producers think they can just bleed people dry, but they need to know something about Screen Actors Guild actors and writers. We will sleep on a buddy's futon for 10 years to get one screenplay written, so you better buckle up to all of the Bob Igers who work, uh, the CEO of Disney who makes $75,000 a day, $27 million a year. If they think they're going to intimidate a writer, an actor, trust me, we are cockroaches and we will survive this battle. And speaking of surviving a battle, Raquel Levis, out of a mental health facility with an astronomical bill, sources say the two months of intensive therapy she underwent at the Meadows in Arizona racked up a $200,000 tab. Hopefully, Vanderpump Rules helps pay for some of that bill, even though it was kind of all her fault. Uh, Hopefully, she'll make it back onto the show and be a better version of herself. Isn't that what we're all aiming to do? All right. Well, today's episode of Driving with Dave and of Bachelor Rush Hour, the podcast, is sponsored by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you. Bring more flavor to your table this summer with Green Chef's wholesome elevated recipes featuring seasonal organic produce. Green Chef has options for every lifestyle, keto, vegan, vegetarian. And Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. You might remember we had HelloFresh as a sponsor. They're now owned by HelloFresh. With a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. Go to greenchef.com slash rushhour50 and use code rushhour50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash rushhour50. All right, folks. Well, today's episode of Driving with Dave, and if you're new to my channel or don't know what's going on, it's a mobile studio I set up in my car. I've done seven or eight of these in my wife's Prius because I had this old Toyota. And I was like, you know what? I've been meaning to upgrade my car. Let's just go all the way. So I bought a Tesla Model Y. And by the way, I'll post a link for a referral if you want to get $500 off. And I got to tell you, they're not a sponsor of me, but it is a perfect driving machine. Double paned windows. It's so quiet on the inside. The audio is coming out so good. Now there's still a few issues. Like if I break too soon, an alert goes off. I got to work on the audio a little bit, but I'm letting you guys know I'm so invested in this driving series. Next week, we have Courtney Robertson, who was one of the bigger villains of The Bachelor. And we've got other Bachelor royalty coming on the show. But my game plan is to do a 50-50. Half of my guests will be Bachelor alumni or somebody in the pop culture, reality, entertainment world, and the other half will just be friends that I admire that are doing big things with the internet. I really believe that the internet is the way to go when it comes to generating wealth and promoting your brand and all these other things. Well, Mario Adrian explains his story about coming from a small town in Germany to being featured on American Idol, to being a model who's worked all over the world and to becoming a YouTuber with billions of views. If you haven't heard of him, you will now. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please enjoy my chat with Mario. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited today to talk to, uh, I guess, my first international guest here, uh, all the way from Germany, from a small town called I Pischbacken Hüschwanfried. You did it. You did it. That's Mario Adrian. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, how do you pronounce your hometown? It's called I Pischbacken Hochschwarzwald. Okay, so I said it perfectly. Exactly what you said. Just a little bit more anger. You need, as a German, need some of that, like, some of that anger, that pent up frustration. Let me try a little anger. I Pischbacken Hüschwanfried. Even angrier. There we go. That's it. My wife and I were practicing. I was like, don't think I'm going to not give you the best 
the best attempt. At your... I respect that. I respect that. You're so the... yeah. So I want to get you. I want to get you from Ushbanbeken Ushbanvide. That's right. To Los Angeles, California. I want to. I want to find out how you made it out here. Um, and all I know about you is male model turned YouTube sensation, billion, yeah. billions of views, and now very funny stand-up comedian. So, how Thank did you. how did this all happen? Dude, it's a good question because uh, in Alpisbach im Hochschwarzwald, there is no modeling industry. There is nothing. There is no stand-up. There's no Germans don't don't laugh, so there's no stand-up in general. But um, so when I was 18 years old, I was supposed to be an engineer in Germany. Like, a, you know, a good German boy. I yeah, was studying of to become an engineer. Yeah, make some Mercedes. Exactly. Yo, all my friends in Germany, by the way, the, like out of like my 10 closest friends, eight of them work for Mercedes right now and are engineers. Wow. So I'm the only one who's like kind of going against the grain. Um, and when I was 18 years old, as I was studying engineering, uh, I got a message on Facebook from a modeling scout in New York. And he saw some shirtless photos of me. And he was like, hey, gorgeous, you should come to New York and be a model. P.S. You can stay with me at my place <laughs> in Harlem. All right. So, listen, where, where in Harlem was this? It was on uh, 164th Street. I don't know. It was like Harlem, Washington Heights. Yeah, I was, I was up there on 140th. Exactly. So, so. Um, and I, when I read that, I, it sounds a little sketchy, but at the same time, I was like, I didn't know what a Harlem was. I just thought, you know, it sounds very exotic as a German, you know? So I just, uh, I had this thing in life when whenever there's an opportunity, I always want to say yes to things. Because uh, you always regret, you never regret the things you do, you always regret the things you didn't do, right? So um, I was like, fuck yeah, I didn't have any money. I had like a thousand euros and I spent all my money after I finished high school and I just flew to New York to meet this stranger in Harlem. And uh, he turned out to be a modeling scout. And it was a little weird, I stayed at his place and he made me practice modeling poses. Yeah. He was almost like my Mr. Miyagi, I felt like Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> but you got that German, no, you know, not no smiling, so that's a good for modeling, Exactly, right? that's great. So with modeling, you just gotta look pissed at the world because God made you so damn beautiful. That's like the attitude you gotta embody as a male model, you can't laugh. Female models, they smile and they swirl and they do all this stuff. Male By the models. Way, how, how funny is it that you've got models and then male models, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. say a model, you assume it's a female model, but yeah, yeah. a male model is almost like a it's his own slur. Thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a male model over there. Yeah, no, there's a lot of um, stereotypes and also like judgment that comes with the term male model. People think, you know, if you're a male model, you're arrogant, you're vain, you're not intelligent. Because the movie Zoolander really fucked it up for us man models, you know. <laughs> so, um, so you trusted this guy. I did or trust at least this enough guy. To give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. And, and, how, and how old were you? Uh, I was 18, 18, wow. maybe 19 then. Um, and so he taught me a lot about modeling. He made me pose in front of a mirror. He literally taught me how to catwalk in his apartment in my underwear. It was, um, it was. I learned a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I didn't want to question his methods because it's like. You know, you don't want to question Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. You know, if Karate Kid questioned Mr. Miyagi, he would have never beaten Cobra Kai. So, so he's, he wax like, off, but he's like waxing he's, you. Exactly. <laughs> it's a whole different wax. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think this is how the wax check is it off, to check go. It. <laughs> No, I mean, look, uh, it's bold. Bold choices can can get you places. Yeah. And, um, so that you, so you went straight from Germany to New York City, the greatest yeah. city in the world. Fact, and yeah. And so you you were there probably right after my wife was there modeling. Um, okay. But she wasn't really runway, she was uh, became more like editorial and print, which okay. I think for the most part just comes down to your height. If you're tall, you do runway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it comes down to, you, to your look, right? With modeling, it's like, if you look like a, com if you look like traditionally good looking, mm -hmm. or if you're a handsome, handsome guy, whatever, you do more commercial stuff. Like you would work for like Bloomingdale's, Macy's, Adidas, that kind of brand. But if you look kind of weird, 
It's true. Like, if you look kind of weird, you have distinguishable features. Like, for example, I have this gap between my teeth. I was going to say it. I didn't yeah. want to be rude, but yeah. that's, a good, hey. that's a good feature. Thank you. Thank you. That's a good feature. You know what? I hated my gap when I was younger. Yeah. I was bullied in Germany by my friends. You know, they were like, Kuma, die verdammte Zahnlücke an, sieht aus wie ein Spast, Junge. And <laughs> that sounds like a thing a bully would say. <laughs> and, um, but I love that you say you were bullied by your friends. That's that's yeah. <laughs> Here you get bullied by your enemies, but in no. Germany, it's my mom and yeah. my friends. <laughs> oh, my mom bullied me all the time. My mom is very. By tough the way, German. that's your coffee. If, oh, if thank you, you thank you. Yeah, decaf America, decaf cappuccino. Thank you. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. Cheers. How do you say it? Prost. Prost. Yeah. Prost. I don't know if you say it for coffee, but yeah, prost. So, um, you, so you're getting bullied for a flaw that is now something that makes you recognizable. Exactly. And that was the, that was an interesting uh, realization. I was bullied for something I felt very insecure about all my life. I wanted to change it. I actually went to a, a dentist and they changed. So they basically um, did the surgery to close the gap. They cut like a little, whatever, they cut something up here, like a, this little band that connects your lip with your um, gums or whatever. And they cut that and Germans uh, dentists just failed me and nothing happened. <laughs> They're still uh, as wide as they were. But when I started modeling, that actually became the reason why I was moderately successful at modeling because that made me do a lot of like high fashion stuff, like editorials, um, even some runway, some campaigns, because they like that gap, you know. Dude, I, I looked at your website. I saw it. you're my inspiration to cut the carbs. You're, oh, you're yeah. my, I, I was eating a burger and I had to spit the burger out after looking at your ass. <laughs> that's exactly what I. That's the. <laughs> I, well, I bully myself. That is that is what I want to leave behind in the world. I want to inspire people to feel bad about themselves. <laughs> to, that's that's what I, I want to push body dysmorphia. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I've always said a little bit of shame on the self is not bad if mm. it keeps you like my wife thinks I'm too harsh on myself and maybe yeah. I am, but like. I always say this about Elvis. He didn't have the comment section to be like, Hound Dog sucks. And oh, then he became yeah. Fat Elvis. And then became, oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he needed the YouTube comment he section. He needed like, a Mario Adrian in his life. Yeah. Before. Elvis, <laughs> chill out a little bit. I think there's a balance, the whole body like body positivity. Because with modeling, I'll be honest, like I, it, it kind of messed me up with my body stuff because... Agents in Milan, especially, they would literally tell me. They would li sit me down and be like, "Mario, um, you a little little baby fat?" You know, they would be like, literally, tell me that I was too chubby and um, that I should lose a little bit more weight. And um, especially as a male model, people don't know this, but a lot of pressures on female models, and they have the pressure as a woman is like infinitely higher than the pressure as a man to look good. But in modeling, they wanted me not only to look good, but also to be skinny. Because I always, I naturally have like a big chest, yeah. you know, I have big, I have big boobs as I just, I was just Me born too. that way, you know? <laughs> Both got no, nice true. Ones. That's good. Yeah. Can right. you bounce them? Not, probably not like you, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> <laughs> so they always told me to uh, lose weight around my chest. So I basically had to stop working out and just eat less and um, do the, the typical Milan Fashion Week diet, which is uh, cigarettes, espresso, and cocaine. And that's <laughs> which also sounds like the stand-up comedian diet. <laughs> yeah, very similar. Maybe there's a, that's why the transition was smooth for me from, <laughs> yeah. from, from modeling to stand-up like, comedy. Oh, you got the same meal plan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, this feels familiar. You know? So, yeah, no, I mean, I can only imagine. My, my wife's a fit model, so she has mm -hmm. to get measured. She has to be a very yeah, specific yeah, yeah. size. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we'll be on vacation eating eating healthy food not eating well we'll you know still eating junk and whatever and then and then she'll be like oh, i just got this gig coming up tomorrow i mm. need to uh you know not eat cotton balls yeah. for the next two days <laughs> so so what's the um so because i, I want to part of what i want to do with this show yeah is that i want to talk to people about kind of the entrepreneurial aspect cool of, yeah 
of like pursuing a new life. Yeah. So was it very for your family to know you were going to just go to New York and do something like modeling? Were they supportive or was this out of their realm of possible job types of jobs? I mean, you talk about your friends and, and people working at Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be. I mean, is there shame because you're trying to do something unique? Yeah, I mean, um, I would say this. My family is a very unique situation because. My, I think German parents, maybe just my family, are not as protective over their kids. I feel like in America, kids are much more, um, like they are much more protected by their family. I went to Peru when I was 15 years old. I spent one year by myself in a foreign country in South America and went to high school there. So like, I've always been so independent that my parents specifically, they never worry about me. They were always like, hey, you do your own thing, he's gonna do his thing, you know? Um, it, what, what sent you to Peru? Uh, I just wanted to explore the world. I always had this desire to learn new things and broaden my horizon. Because I love Germany, but if you grow up in Eispiesbach and Hochschwarzwald, it's kind of limiting, right? How many, what's the population of Eispiesbach and Hochschwarzwald? Uh, 800, like maybe a thousand people. Oh, okay, that is small. It's small, small yeah. Is that one word, small. by the way, or is it like? It's Eispiesbach and Hochschwarzwald. I mean, technically, okay, it means, uh, Im Hochschwarzwald means in the Black Forest. It's kind of like saying Los Angeles, California. Okay. You know, so no, because like, you yeah. say this in your stand-up and it's so funny. Yeah. You, you, and you do it on your TikTok too, so we'll, we'll, we'll link to that. But yeah. when you're like saying, you, you were singing a song and you sang it in the German verse. It's just like so, it just, <laughs> you so know, I also funny. love this. I love that you can I show this. I wrote, yeah. You had like, this is the funny shit. Do you know how it's like, he, he was like, <laughs> he was like, I want to be, I want to pronounce it properly, you know? So he, you put like the, I peace Bach im Och. Yeah, that's hilarious. It was the best I could. There's like the most Americanized version of that. You should put the actual spelling of it here. You no know? idea. <laughs> I, I have no idea how to spell it. I couldn't. Oh, you know how to spell you it. told it to oh me, so I was like, God, I can't Google that's this. So funny. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I tried my oh best. Oh my God, that's so um, funny. By the way, you're my first guest in the new Tesla. So if people hear beeping noises, I'm still trying yeah. to figure out. But um, have you been in a Y before? In a, Tes- y? a Tesla Y. Uh, I don't think the Y, but I've been... Big, it's got the full roof. Oh, that's cool. I didn't notice. It yeah. looks like... You know, Teslas, they remind me of spaceships. It's wild. Unbelievable. The sounds, too. It's just like... Unbelievable car. I don't know what to do with it. But the thing is, a white Tesla, I'll tell you one thing. There's there's a lot of white Teslas now. Especially if you go to Venice. Mm. They call the Tesla as like a Venice Prius. And I feel like... I, Which is such an insult to the Tesla. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but I get it. No, I love Tesla. I mean, um, but in... Um, I Zhao Ying, like our, our friend Camina, I tour with yeah. her and stuff. She's a white Tesla. I it happened a few times where I just walk up and I just get into the wrong Tesla. Okay. Like the other day, we walked and we opened the door of a Tesla, and this guy was looking at us. He was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so, yeah. It can happen here. Yeah. So so you have the itch to get out. I, I, I've kind of yeah. got that too, but you know, I'm not from as far away as Germany. But yeah. I come from a small town myself, and it can get old. It can get kind yeah. of just boring if you're trying to do bigger things. Exactly. So, you, so you say, you're saying you were, you were given the gift of this independence from your family, that it was yeah. just okay to go pers- yeah. pursue whatever you I want. Travel, I, was, I did a student exchange in France when I was 14, 13 years old for like two months. And whenever I went and whenever I went and I saw something else, that's when I grew, grew so much and I learned stuff about myself. So I always had this urge. That's why also modeling, I started modeling not because I wanted to become a, a famous fashion model. I started modeling because I was like, how cool is it to travel to New York? I've never been to the States before. How, how cool is it to go to Singapore for modeling and, and, and live in Korea for two months on a modeling contract? 
that's the stuff that I love the most about modeling is seeing a different culture and having a reason to explore a different country. Yeah, um, of course. I mean, it's like if someone, you know, gets good at sports and they can travel, yeah. you know, you know, in that way. I, I feel like the travel bug is a real thing and it, yeah. it becomes like sort of addicting to meet new people and, and kind of be different, you know, because yeah. you're different in the L.A. comedy scene. You're a yeah. tall, good-looking German guy. We don't have yeah. many of those. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you. So how did, yeah. how did you get from modeling to stand-up? Uh, social media? Yeah. Like, what, what was the bridge that connected that? Well, so here's the thing. When I started modeling, I very early on realized that modeling is very limiting and very one-dimensional because I always, even when I was younger, I watched television. I saw some, like, funny TV host in Germany, and I was like, yo, that's, I want to do that. But there was no way, there was no, no routes, there was no acting class, there was nobody who was doing anything creative where I'm from. So it was not even, in, in my mind, it was not even possible. And then when I started modeling, I realized that modeling is very limiting, because all you can do is being ridiculously good looking, you know? You <laughs> well, can, I know, that's you like... Can, <laughs> right, right, it's like it gets, it gets old, you but know? But yeah, like, you're, not, you're not given the chance to... Express myself. Express yourself. There's, until you're at, like, maybe a name recognition model. But even then, even then, the biggest models... It, with modeling, you're always, um, you're always a, a mannequin that is somebody else's vision, right? Like Interesting. When I do, even when I do an editorial... They tell me what the vibe is. They tell me, okay, now you gotta look like extra grumpy. And this time I want you to be a little smiley, a little seductive, right? They tell me that and it's not my vision. I always had like, I feel, I'm, I've always been a very creative person. And so what I did when I started modeling, I was like, this is not what I can do for the rest of my life. So I started making YouTube videos um, just for myself to remember what it's like to be a model in New York. So I made a video called, um, uh, what it's like to be a model during fashion week in New York and I made that video just with my camera I went to castings. I kind of made fun of people um, I was just fucking around and, and showing people what it's like and the, the the intention was not for me to be famous or anything It was more for me to remember and have like a, a video that I can look back in, in five years Which, and when see. you're traveling and doing new things it comes with you know That's why photography and travel go hand in hand you want to you want to commemorate your experiences yeah. because it's a cool unique thing exactly yeah so that, that was the idea at first, right? And, and then I uploaded a video on YouTube and I checked like, I don't know, a couple of weeks later and all of a sudden the video had like 100,000 views. Holy cow. So it just organically reached an audience and they liked the silliness in, in the modeling stuff I did. Um, and then people just asked me questions. They were like, hey Mario, uh, what's your workout routine? How do I become a model? So I kind of started making videos about that. So I started with having a community of aspiring models following me. So the, so curio man, yeah, yeah. the curiosity of your audience drove the content because yeah. you realized, oh yeah, this is unique. Oh yeah, you, you do want to know how to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. By the way, you're the tallest person to be in my car you can push the seat back if you're cramped okay it's on the side oh, no, I'm very, uh, i don't know I'm very where chill. actually okay if you're no it's good whatever i just no, realized feels, you're uh thank you though you're no, a big man thank you. um let's go up into the hills let's just take let's it into the hills into the hills that's I never, right I, you know, I never, we, that's where we belong we yeah so we, we don't stay with the peasants we go you know yeah i don't even know if electric it. can get it. by the way i i've never tried to 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 floor it up a hill should i try it right now let's do it i bet it's gonna fly you ready to go yeah let's go. we're going up a huge hill this is like san francisco ready to go okay let's just see what it does whoa Oh, damn. That's 
Well, this is a heavy car. This no, is like this a is this five thousand pound car here. Wow. And we just five thousand pounds. We just ate I don't it. know what that means, but, but a, that seems heavy. It's a lot. I do I do kilograms, but yeah. <laughs> like we just 20, ate it up a hill. That's and, wild. Um, yeah, this would have taken my other car a year and a half. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just impressed. So, because I'm I'm curious about your YouTube because YouTube paid for my Tesla. You know, my my YouTube took off over the pandemic, mm -hmm. and I think it's the greatest platform in the world. Oh yeah, I love YouTube. It, um, yeah. So yeah, tell me about uh, that early success you found. It, you you how did you build it from there? Well, then I just like uh, people would ask me questions about like you know I would I would literally follow the community. I would literally be like the comment section was full of questions, and I'd be like, what are the most asked questions I got? And some of them I didn't even think they were going to be a good video, but one of them was like. Um, how how tall do you have to be to to be a model or whatever? And I made a video about literally called how tall do you have to be to become a model? And the video got like a million views, literally. I mean, over time. Unbelievable. And I was like, how is that possible that so many people are wondering? But I guess there was curiosity. And I guess see, of course, a lot of people are aspiring models themselves. Uh, and then there's like a big community of people who are literally just curious about the modeling lifestyle and um, a lot of gay men were following me because they just like you know wanted to see the the world of a male model it's very intriguing and um, even women so like, like I realized there's nobody like male modeling there's a lot of content about female models and there's Zoolander the movie but there's nobody on YouTube who was doing what I was doing who was an actual working male model and who was showing people what it's like and I was also very silly because, you know, models, again, you know, most, most models are very serious and stuff and they wouldn't do YouTube. And um, I just, you know, I just combined the two and that was the, my favorite thing about it. I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have stuck with modeling if it weren't for social media. Because it's very dry and it was not really fulfilling me. I love the connections with people, but modeling sounds so glamorous, but at the end of the day, you are the last, it, like you are literally on the bottom of the hierarchy. Yeah, creative director, fashion designers. Exactly. And you're, and you're, Photographers yeah, even above you. you. Yeah. Like their prop. Exactly. And and some jobs are cool, but other the most most of the jobs I did was called e-commerce. Yes. Where you just you are literally you put on sixty outfits. All day a day. long catalogs. Yeah. Right? Catalog. All day which long. Which basically is gonna be replaced by AI in no time. So oh, yeah. I'm glad I wasn't that time. But you literally put on like um, 60 outfits a day. For I did that for like Bloomingdale's and a lot of brands I work with. And in China even where they put like, they do like 100 outfits a day. So you literally put on outfits. You do like front, side, back, change. Next. Change. Next. Change. Next. And it's so tiring and so like, yeah. um, you know, so. Um, so you add yeah. a sense of humor with it all. Exactly. You start yeah. to see it blowing up. Were you monetized yet on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. So I got some AdSense and that was the coolest thing in the world because I. a million views. I mean, that could be anywhere from a couple grand to 20,000. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, More. depends on the on the audience, right? And like who follows you. It was, video, it was a lot of younger people. So it was not that crazy. If you do finance, right? That's definitely a lot higher. The um, the CPMs and stuff like that. Um, right, yeah. So like how much money you make per per thousand clicks but um yeah it was good it was like I'm, I'm in the beginning i was maybe making like maybe two thousand dollars a month from adsense maybe a thousand which again in the beginning it was like that's amazing because i'm doing modeling and some of these jobs don't you know modeling is very inconsistent because i did some months where i killed it i was like um i was new new in town my first time in new york was great i did some campaigns and you can make like you know like you know, $10,000, $20,000. So what's your best month modeling versus your best month on YouTube? Uh, best month, it's hard to say. It was a long time ago. I mean, the be I was never that crazy, like, in terms of modeling, but I did some jobs in, like, in like Asia and stuff where it was maybe, like, maybe, like, 20, 25,000 with, um, with modeling. Okay. 
Um, but that was like the best and that's definitely the, the peak. Um, and social media, I mean, yeah, I would say like, you know, 40, 40 grand some, some months. And that's just AdSense or was that with sponsorships? No, that's, that's everything. That's, yeah. that's AdSense. That's, um, um, uh, my own products. And I did, so what I did actually, how I monetized on YouTube early on is I made online courses. Oh, we got a car. I got to go yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a car behind me too. Uh, okay. We're in the hills, folks. Yeah, this, this is real this life. This is what's happening. This, this, is, is, a... <laughs> this is where all the rich people live. Yeah. Which, by the way, the hills used to be where all the poor people lived. Oh, for real? Yeah, because I feel like earthquakes, they couldn't, like, they didn't have the structure. Yeah. So, is this a one-way or is it two-way? So, for the people watching on YouTube, it's just absolutely beautiful up here. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, one earthquake would wipe out a community before they actually could, like, build properly, you know? Yeah. And so, it went from, like, where, uh, you know, people, like, lower-class people would live yeah. to a much bigger thing. This is a bad idea. Um, let me see if I can get around this guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, because my biggest month... Uh, was last year, which was 35,000 mm. on just YouTube. And I had a couple of things take off and, and that's not normal for me. But yeah. when I, and I was like, when it first came up, I was like, I'm not going to believe this until the money's in my account. Oh yeah. And then yeah, it goes, yeah. Google did it, it drops it, and you just see it and you go, Oh my gosh. That's amazing. This is I love that insane. so much. Yeah. And that's the cool thing because, um, also maybe how many of you, do you know how many views this, that was? Only a couple million. Okay. I mean, it's a lot, but under three million. Okay, because that's the thing. Oh, interesting. interesting. I get I get a pretty high. Um, that's what rate. I mean. I know people who have way less views or who have like smaller channels, but especially finance. Do you know what some of these finance people make on YouTube? Yeah, big time. It's but, unbelievable. Yeah. This one guy had like he makes these videos about I think his name is Meet Kevin or something. Oh uh, yeah, Meet Kevin makes a. He's got a oh, private jet. Oh my god! Isn't that insane? He's the, it, he he's just makes the, videos like stimulus check updates number one, and that's like the audience like because. That's way, obviously, way more lucrative for advertisers. His than, style yeah. during the pandemic is what I started doing with the rapid fire content. So I make two or three videos a day, and that's the that's the reason with under seventy thousand subscribers, you're in like the eight to nine hundred thousand, right? Yeah. So with under seventy thousand, I found a way to just crank out content. That's amazing. And sometimes it's better than others, but yeah, yeah. It's not. I always wanted to do. Um, oh, we came to a dead end. Oh no. Oh, yeah, we're at a dinner. All right, let's turn this yeah. puppy around. Beautiful up here. Oh, my right. gosh. Yeah, How's yeah, this yeah. for inspiration for us? I love it. <laughs> um, I don't yeah. know if I would want to live in the hills, though. I'll be honest with you. I'm such a walking person. I love walking around. So I live yeah. in West Hollywood now. Um, I don't know. I grew up in Europe. I lived in New York and stuff. I don't know. No, it's just, is, I don't like driving all the time, and it's so windy. And also, it's beautiful to imagine if you're up here and a wildfire breaks out, which yeah. does happen. I mean, yeah, you are no, absolutely, you have no way out. Yeah. Um, no. yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I think it's important to share these things because I don't know. Do you have the, uh, do you have a stigma in Germany about talking about money? Because we do here. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's similar. I, mean, Cultu I think culturally Germany is quite similar to America in, in that sense. There's definitely some differences and we can talk about it, but um, yeah, no, with money it's definitely, um, I don't know, I don't, nev I never talk about, sometimes, you know what's actually hard for me is when I go back to Germany and I meet like my old friends and we talk about money and like the difference is astronomical in terms of how expensive Los Angeles is mm -hmm. compared to Germany. People don't know this, but Germany is a very cheap country. It's a very, you know, it's obviously a big, you know, um, very economically strong and all that, but 
in Germany, groceries, rent, it's nowhere near really? California or New York. It's unbelievable. Like my dad, for example, he has a good job. He's middle class. He's a chimney sweeper, um, which is actually a good job in Germany. He's considered very middle class in Germany. And Or my mom worked her, her whole life and, and, and makes like basically what I'm paying for a few dinners here. It's unbelievable, yeah, it's you know what I mean? Else. Like last night I went to this dinner, I didn't pay, it was with um, my girlfriend's aunt, and went to this dinner in, in West Hollywood. It was like, the steak was like, it was like a tomahawk steak, a big one. It was like $280. It's like, that is unbelievable. That's unfathomable for, for a German. Yeah. My dad's rent, he lives in a beautiful place on top of like a hill, the most gorgeous view you can ever imagine, very quiet, like in the forest. His rent is like 350 euros a month. My wife wants us to move to like an Italian. She's, there's all, all these ads like move to an Italian town for a dollar or a euro because they, they have these towns they, they can't populate. People are leaving them. Mm. And yeah, here, and of course, you going from New York to LA, that's two of the top four cities in the country as far yeah. as like prices go. Absolutely, I think San yeah. Francisco, maybe yeah. Miami. Yeah. And um, I mean, have you been to the Midwest at all on your, in your comedy? Uh, yeah, I've done, I mean, I've done Chicago. I mean, okay, yeah. Is that Midwest? No, that's like. Yeah, that Chicago's Midwest, Midwest sort of. but uh, uh, since it's a metropolitan you know no, but, uh, area uh, wait Ohio we're going to Ohio on um, in, in two weeks I'm doing Ohio oh nice for like some shows yeah, yeah that's so my wife's from Kentucky but on the Ohio Kentucky border yeah and you do it is a lot cheaper when you're in smaller you know more rural areas but obviously it's probably not nearly like what what you're no is. and th that's so why pay, is it just higher taxes and that's why it's all cheaper or? not even that and that's the thing that like I don't know what is the, the what happened in Germany I think I think everybody's just so inflated in America so jobs pay way more everything's more expensive you're a doctor you make so much money doctors here are millionaires or like have really nice houses in Germany a doctor is a good job but you don't make as much you make maybe like eight thousand dollars a month but your school is free. So the pressure, I think everything is just more moderate. Uh, same with like lawsuits, everything's so much bigger. You can sue people here for millions of dollars where in Germany it's like much more reasonable. Oh yeah. Um, medical Lit expenses. Litigious culture, medical yeah. expenses comes with high insurance rates because we're exactly. all known by the insurance companies. Yes. A lot wrong with that here. It's just everything is inflated. So in Germany people make less money on average, but you also spend less. So it's much more, uh, much more balanced, I think. Uh, but that is a, is a little bit of an issue sometimes because when my mom came to visit me here and it was some months where I was making some good money, right? And she would, um, I would take her to dinner. She would feel so bad sometimes spending so much money or having me because I paid for a lot of things. Me spending so much money on her, spending the money on hotels. And it's sometimes difficult then um, going back to Germany. And, and um, it's, it's hard for me to talk about money in that sense because it sounds like um, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm well, bragging or yeah, something like that, how much I pay rent. But exactly, it's, yeah. it's a, an important conversation because I think it just shows people that you can do different things here. But if you, with YouTube and any other social media, when you control and have that audience, you're worth more. You yeah. can go direct to an audience. Exactly. You can sell your ideas or your visions or products or whatever it is. And they, 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 that's it. Just it just goes to show how much that can be worth. So I think yeah. I think it's always exciting to talk to people because when I was like broke and watching YouTubers talk about how much money they were making, mm. it inspired me. Okay, that's a good that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, to be like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. out there. You can this do that. This is possible. Yeah, and my break even was like, can I make six hundred bucks a week? Yeah, and then once the first ch checks came in, my um my first year my first month that it blew up, it went from essentially no money to like seven grand mm. and then and then to 20 and and it became like whoa this is not only 
an, an opportunity, like this is a real, like we can do something with this. That's amazing. And as a stand-up comedian, we don't have many options with comedy clubs. Like, um, you know, we get kind of kicked around a lot. Yeah. That when you can find something that works, um, it's just like, why not? So, oh, so best, what yeah. point? at what point were you like, all right, let's grow this business. Let's, um, you know, what, like, what's your strategy with that all? I mean, very early on, like um, what I was going to say earlier, I made online courses. So I saw that I had an audience um, of aspiring male models and I built like an email list. So I had like, um, you know, I did the whole like, it was like a big, big phase, I think, when mm -hmm. I really made online courses. It's kind of like stopped a little bit. But um, basically what I did, I made a, I made a, um, an e I built an email list by telling people, hey, if you sign up for my email list, I'm going to give you uh, 10 tips how to pose or something like that. <laughs> And then I built an email list of like it was it was wild. It was like I think on the email list at the end I had like twenty thousand twenty thousand people it's amazing. on there, which so is you crazy. So you offered information. Yeah, for we free. We always talk about this with the internet. It's information and entertainment. Yeah. If you can provide one or two, yeah. If you can do both, so exactly. if you're giving people information while also being funny, that's, that's a it. huge value. Yeah. No, exactly. And all they have to do is give you their email address, and then mm -hmm. you, and then you're able to give them information when you're performing and this yeah. and that. Yeah. It's really smart. And then I just made a course, it's called Male Model Mentor, <laughs> which is, I kind of retired it now because I moved on from that uh, niche. Um, but yeah, I did Male Model Mentor, which is basically a step-by-step uh, -step guide on how to become a model, how to be discovered as a model. And I was blown away by how many people, you think it's a small niche. That's the cool thing about the internet. You think it's like such a small niche, but there's people making a full-time living and who are millionaires making videos about art therapy for disabled kids. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of... It's insane how it's like gardening world. or like some really specific niche. Um, so yeah, that's how I monetized at first, and I realized, wow, there's the internet is amazing because I can I could travel and I was modeling in like I said Asia a lot, and Milan, London, and I would always just work on that stuff. So it was beautiful. I could still do my job, and that gave me uh, security and sustained you know my income. And it, it released a lot of pressure from modeling, which is very like, you know, ups and downs. Yeah, and very especially the, age, the ageism, obviously. It's like, how do I get out of this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, do I, how do I kind of like get out of this with something to show for it? Yeah. Um, so at what point did stand-up comedy come in? Was that the final, has that, was that like your last thing you got into? Yeah, that was the, the last thing I got into. So I always knew that comedy was like, going back to like what I said earlier, when I was a little kid, I was like, I love this comedy stuff. and. I, I saw myself and I was like, I could do this if I was on TV. Mm -hmm. But there was no, it was not even in, in the realm of possibilities that that's something I could do. Of course, Because yeah. I grew up, you know, around engineers. And then... Well, but just so you know, same for me. The only comedy I saw growing up was Chris Rock. Yeah. I didn't know what an open mic was. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, if you want to get into it, find out the people that are, that are right ahead of you. So you can see that it's not a bunch of amazing, mm -hmm. gifted comedians. It's people yeah. working things out. And that's how we met. You work yeah, things yeah. out and you realize, oh... There are rungs on the ladder. It's not just going from zero to oh, all exactly. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so sorry to interrupt, but... No, so, for sure. So then you didn't see an opportunity. You didn't see a path. No, I didn't. And then I just... Uh, I came to LA and I was doing um, I was doing YouTube and w the, I started going to an improv school, uh, Second City. Okay. Um, because I was like, I love improv. I love making YouTube videos, which essentially is kind of like improv because I was making videos... Um, doing vlogs, kind of improvising, right? It's like in the same realm. And I was like, I want to get better at making YouTube videos, so I'm going to uh, take an improv class. And I always love challenging myself. I'd done some acting class in New York. And um, at that improv school, there was just an intro to stand-up comedy. And um, whatever, it's like, it's kind of serendipitous. I went on the wrong day. 
yeah. um, to my improv class. I kind of messed up the dates. And they were like, no, it's not an improv class starts today, but there's an intro to stand-up comedy class that starts right now. No, Mario, you went on the right day. I went on the right day. Exactly. <laughs> the world exactly. does. No, Mario. Your schedule's changing. Exactly. Exactly. So then I did. I took the stand-up class, and I just did a... Um, I did the first class, and I had to just tell a story, and I told the story about, like, whatever, how I got circumcised when I was 18 years old. <laughs> I told that at a school, at a school basically, in front of, like, six people, and I was like... This is it. Like it clicked so much because you I was like, love. "Oh, you I felt, felt it! Hit. I felt it! I felt the connection." Because I've been making YouTube videos, and I love YouTube, and you know we can both agree it's a great platform. But there's a difference having six people even in a stand-up class in real time. There's an energy and like an energy exchange, you know, when they react to your to your material. Making online content is like watching porn versus. Stand-up is like fucking. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Do you know what I mean? That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> real, real. <That> is a- <laughs> but so you get it. It's a drug. It's just, yeah. but it's also kind of like the travel bug in a way. I mean, it's yeah. a different, it's a different feel-good thing, but it's a feel-good 100%. thing. Yeah. And you, you chase you, that high. And you, the connection with people is like, what? It's, it's so fucking real. You know, even if it gets a, mil- a million views, like you said, it's not, it's not nearly as impactful. It's hard as to con- contextualize. Exactly. What a YouTube, but yeah, YouTube comments are all nice. But yeah, I mean, no one, n- there's no greater feeling than your first laugh mm-hmm. and then chasing that high, writing new material. And I was, I actually was reading the book called um, The Atomic Habits, and it talks yeah, about. Yeah, I read do- that too. Yeah. yeah, it talked about dopamine. How yeah. that's why when you have a joke that works, yeah, the more you do it, the less joy. You feel because you know it's going to crush. I expect yeah. this to crush. Then yeah, what? Yeah, and that's yeah, okay. Yeah. But it's important to know, like, to keep growing. Oh, for and sure. Feeding on that kind of feel-good oh, emotion. You have to keep writing and evolving and trying things new. And, yeah. Or else you'll just be some angry comic who's good but yeah. doesn't feel the joy that you should get from doing the thing you love. Yeah. Where do you prioritize, like, with YouTube and stand-up? What's your um, priorities right now? Like, what do you what I do you spend most do time on? Stand-up. My YouTube's the morning. I get yeah. up in the morning. I make my content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do my podcast. I try to be done by noon. Okay. And then stand up. I'm kind of in a in a reverse situation where I did stand up for like eight years mm-hmm. before my YouTube took off. So now I'm going. Okay, how can I use the skills I have and build this new audience? Mm. Um, my audience is very loyal, but still a small crowd. It's still about seventy thousand. So I don't have. But I make so much content that it, that it works out well. Yeah. So now I'm saying, okay, I've got 20 people in all these different markets. How do I get 150 people in all mm-hmm. these different markets? So there's a critical size for me to go there, which yeah. is why I'm like teaming up with people because I'm like, how can we all share our following yeah. and deliver and you know make it a movement of people yeah. coming and having fun? When I do these shows... People and maybe you and Zhao Ying get this. People give gifts. They yeah. feel like family. They oh, want to give amazing. so much, and yeah. it's so humbling to see yeah. that. And I, I love this. And also, I would say one thing: like, it's not about numbers. It's really about like the community you have, and that's way more important than sheer numbers and vanity metrics because it doesn't matter. And I'm experiencing this myself because I I have a lot of followers that come from. You know the modeling stuff? They don't necessarily, like now I'm transitioning everything towards more stand-up comedy. Some of them don't care about that. So it's like, it really doesn't matter if you have like a million people following you. It's about the people who are with you for, you know, what you're essentially doing, right? So a lot of people who follow me from the modeling days, they would not come to see my stand-up comedy shows, right? So that's also like, um, if you have a great community of people who love you for who you are, that's that's amazing. And for your your comedy, for your insight, for what what you share with the world, that's... I've got a buddy 
he's got three billion views on social media. Yeah. Just absolutely destroying it. And he's having a hard time selling stand-up tickets. Yeah, what does he and do? It's he does comedy on his on his TikTok, okay. but it's not translating because Interesting, yeah. um, some of the short form content, people go, huh, that's cool, and they'll just move on. Yeah. And I guess the goal is, and maybe you I don't know if you've seen the difference between your YouTube audience and your short form, but the goal is finding someone who's gonna be with you every year. Yeah. So every year I come to Seattle, they're gonna bring their friends yeah. and they're yeah. gonna that's the sustainability. Exactly, there, yeah. Versus TikTok, it to me, and it I don't I don't really do too much on there, but like I don't see that as building. And maybe you just need ten times the following or a hundred times. Yeah, I, I think that's say it. it's a hundred. I, th- I, I think it's a hundred. No, truly, and and TikTok especially Instagram a little less, but like in, TikTok, pff, it is it is really like kind of empty followers in a, in a way unless you really build a community because there's a difference between chasing. Uh, chasing real estate on YouTube in terms of like the, the shorts feed and building a community. There's a, there's a difference. Yeah, because you might only have seven, you know, as a consumer, I might only subscribe to seven people on YouTube. Yeah. I might have 4,000 on TikTok. Exactly. And you also get, recommend, like the views on TikTok, it's not only people who follow you, it's also the For You page and things that go viral and stuff and yeah. you don't build that versus a podcast or something like this, you know, where people listen to you for like whatever, an hour. It's way there's a way deeper connection. That's why I love this. Podcasting and long form YouTube, you yeah. get in people's ears yeah. and they really connect in a way that it's different. You know, it's almost like it's almost like TikTok's like going to mu- a museum and being like, oh, I saw the Monet, I saw the Red yeah, Wall, yeah, yeah. oh, good, good, good. And versus YouTube and podcasting, I think is more like the audience is actually building the painting because mm. they're there for a longer process. Yeah. So it really just comes down to more invest. Like they say that with sales, if you're going to sell someone something, the longer you're talking to them, the higher chance they have of buying it. The trust yeah. is there and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, and what yeah. we're selling, not to make it anything super like, you know, we're talking about circumcisions and, uh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> farts and shit. Yeah. But what we're selling is friendship and in a good time. Yeah. So, so once your career, once your YouTube starts to take off in your short form, you start to do some open mics, you start to take a class, mm-hmm. then what? Um, well, then I was still kind of like in the, and it, it really clicked, only this year did I really start focusing on stand-up. Because here's the thing, YouTube is beautiful and all, but what happened to me is that because I had this YouTube thing, I, I was not, there was no urgency for me to um, do stand-up, right? It was, it was interesting because like, I had this big fallback. I had, I had no, there was no pressure, basically. Right. And um, so it was like, it took a while for me to really realize that stand-up is something that I want to really focus on because I was so conditioned as a male model to get validation for my looks, right? and for more superficial things. So it, it was it, it was hard to break out of that cycle. You know, when you did modeling for like seven years and it was all about the way you looked and that was all you were like um, valued for. So it took me a while to really recognize that I can really use comedy, purely comedy, um, without being shirtless to, <laughs> you know, that's gonna translate to, to viewers and, and, and fans. Yeah, I mean, and, everyone yeah. will use anything they can to get a joke. So if you're yeah. the fat comic or the big nose, whatever it is, is fair game. Sure. But what doesn't work is, uh, they always say cool, uh, enemy, uh, cool is the enemy of funny. Yeah. So it's the idea that you are cool, but yeah, yeah, you've yeah. also got to go on stage and talk about getting circumcised at 18. And like, it's almost like the dichotomy for, uh, for a character like you on stage is, I am cool, I am good looking, but I'm going to tell you some stories that bring me down to your level almost. Yeah. 
but also at the same time staying true and authentic to myself. I what I've realized the biggest thing is authenticity. It is really the most powerful thing ever. If you're not fully authentic, fuck it. Like there's, even Zhao Ying told me this, right? People were telling her to, uh, or even were telling me, they were like, Mario, uh, you should, you know, you're not relatable, you look different than other comics, you should always dress down. And I did that for a while. I would dress down, I'd dress in sweatpants to not look intimidating to people. But then at some point, like it you put looked, some gum in between your teeth. Exactly. I was. <laughs> yeah, you're taking away your special. Your exactly, special and it was not authentic, and it was probably didn't translate as well because it's like it's not 100 me. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Now my material is. Not, I have some a certain level of arrogance in it. Even like I have some jokes where I'm like, uh, you know what? Where I talk about how I look like a douchebag, but I embrace it. I go on stage like how how I would dress, you know, which is a little bit like not like a typical com- comedian would dress, right? Um, yeah, you're German. You're metro. Yeah, like sexual. more Euro. Exactly. 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 Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I wish I could pull it off. I want an earring. Come but on, that's the thing, go. you know. If if it's you, you shouldn't do it because of the character. I'm like, that's right. truly who I am, and I was a mom. Yeah, you're and like, I was like, I'm an authentic douchebag. I'm an authentic douchebag, and I'm I even authentic. have some stuff where I'm like, uh, you know, I talk about my mommy issues, but then I go, you know, I have some mommy issues, I have self-esteem issues, but at the same time, I think I'm just really hot, <laughs> you know. And I talk about that shit now because it's like, fuck it, that's me, you know. And that's the uniqueness that's gonna make you stand and out. Will try to tell you how to do things and, exactly and it all comes from a good place and yeah. you, you take what you take and you mm-hmm. ditch what you ditch and yeah. it's your journey to figure it out yeah now, so your sense of humor as a kid growing up were you the goofy kid because your whole family was serious like how did like where, like looking back where did you get that sense of humor um I, so my family were my, my, i always make this joke about how my mom is my mom's super serious like germans don't really emote a lot you know um but it was always it was more like i um my family when i grew up my mom was very um she didn't you know my mom worked a lot she's a single mom and stuff so i was not didn't have a lot of attention that I got from my mom, so I think I want to get some of that attention in school and stuff by Bro, just. I'm the same single mom. Single, yeah, single mom club. Single mom club. You don't get the attention. No, you don't. Hey, no. mom, get this. Exactly, and she's working. Okay, exactly. She's tired. She's rubbing her feet. The day's over. Like, yes. God bless her, right? Exactly. No, she worked hard, and I recognize that now. You know, she like worked so hard for me, essentially. But um, there's thing also like German moms are a little more. You know, they're not very. My mom, for example, never told me she loves me. Really? No, it's like a German, and I don't hold against her. It's really a German thing. Oh yeah, I mean, what can you do? It's the, they were raised by World War parents. Something. Get this. I, my I didn't even realize. Was that way. Like I always say, my stepdad, he's a loving guy, but his dad fought in World War Two. Exactly. So yeah. like the best he probably ever got was a stiff handshake. Exactly. And now so he, he'll hug me, but he'll like pat me, and it'll be very stiff. And it's like that's him being as loving. Oh as Oh my he can. god, that's like the mo- yeah, yeah. Because this- you do a lot in your in your YouTube videos with like male. Um, affection. Yeah. You, you you almost challenge people through humor to like to 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 be open with your affection. Is that because 100%. you weren't getting it from your so mom? I really I analyzed that a little bit. There's a lot. I I, had, I talked to my therapist yesterday about similar things too. Um, so I got rejected by this one girl once, and, and then my mom was not really there for me. My dad is such a warm person. My dad was really more of a mother figure. Maybe that's why I trust. I associate male energy actually with more of a loving energy, wow. ironically, which is, you know, um, unlike most people. But I think it's important that we, as men, are open to um, to emotional intimacy with other men. It's not a gay thing. It's really just a human thing. Um, of course. Because my, my best friend, his name is Travis Bryan. He's like the next phase of my YouTube. I made videos with him, like comedy videos and stuff. And then we really built like almost a relationship channel because people loved our dynamic. And he showed me what it's like. He's a gay guy and I'm straight. And we had such a beautiful, 
close relationship that I only knew from like a romantic partner and I didn't know that a, that a male friendship can give you just as much as a, as a romantic relationship with a woman, you know, minus, minus the sex basically. So yeah, that's why, um, yeah. It's society is having a hard time coping with that, that bravado being, you know, like we're, we're, you know, that's why like every movie where a dog dies, it's like a, finally a chance for men to release their, yeah, their emotions, which yeah. I, I see that. And I didn't grow up with that. I actually grew up, even though my mom was kind of like busy and, and this and that, I still felt she was like loving to me, but I still had that thirst to just like hug my buddies yeah. because they also weren't getting, getting all that. Yeah. So it kind of like, we all just came together and like, it wasn't, it wasn't weird, but I can see how in society, there's a lot of that some you know I guess you call it you call it toxic masculinity yeah. where it's a dad being like don't why, why are you crying and it's like cry it's, yeah if yeah it doesn't yeah. go out there you're gonna oh be, yeah you're gonna like beat somebody up or whatever yeah. <laughs> like shoot up yeah no, but, school but that's what it is yeah. right it's like real um, repressed male emotion yeah. can lead to real horrible 100%, things 100% yeah 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 and you watch like when I watch shows like the show I cover my whole channel covers The Bachelor and dating shows yeah. it's 92% women yeah. so it's like I'm trying to get in touch with my feminine energy because it's like I got the masculine side down I'm confident with that not like <laughs> in a macho way you know? <laughs> look at me <laughs> look at the beard my, my new Tesla yeah. Prius with your frappuccino <laughs> <laughs> but like that's but it's like how can I be more theatrical like I like my whole goal in life is to be more honest emotionally with the like that's why I got into improv and mm. that's why I got into things because I just want to perform and yeah. not be in the shell that comes from an Irish Catholic upbringing with mm, yeah. pursed lips because I think the yeah, Irish yeah. and the Germans have a lot in common oh, yeah. with like 100%. stoicism maybe oh yeah 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 for sure so I can you, see the similarities so yeah. your mom never still never said she loved you no but you know she loves you. I know she does. So it, yeah. that's, I mean, that's all that I know matters. she does. It's just, and here's the thing, what you said also, I'll have empathy for that too, because you, I never want to judge people. It's like, I get it. Her family, so her side of the family was not very warm because of what you said. They fled when Germany was bombed during the Second World War. Her side of the family is from Dresden, which is Eastern yeah. Germany. Yeah, which is a Which is a city that was, probably the city that was bombed the most mm. in Germany um, but during the World War by the, by the British. So they fled the war and my grandma I realized so, this. yeah sorry about that yeah no <laughs> my bad <laughs> no but I was like <laughs> when when they grew up it was like uh, like they had didn't have like my grandma I remember this she would uh, whenever there was leftover I remember this we had like butter and there was literally a block of butter left on a table on, on a plate for whatever reason and my grandma would literally take the butter and she would eat the whole thing because wow. she said when she grew up and they fled after the war they didn't have a home basically they were just whatever traveling there was nothing available after the war so fat butter was such a rare thing yeah. and it was valued at such a high like price basically that she would never let that go to waste and Dude, it just that's like that's how we're yeah. gonna be with toilet paper after, oh, yeah. the, after the pandemic we're like you <laughs> how like, dare yes, you <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. toilet paper yeah exactly no, but that's you know what you know um my um my stepdad his father was in World War II. Mm -hmm. He was stationed, I don't know exactly where, but ended up meeting a German lady who was working in the French embassy on the German-French border. Oh, wow. They okay. got married, and she okay. came back to America. So she has passed away, but so we called her Oma. And, and so there's yeah, a lot yeah. of, my family's, my stepdad's family is all German. German, yeah. So it's a very interesting dynamic of 
of a German American coming together, which I'm sure happened to a lot of people during the war, like yeah. was bonded through such a tragic time period. Sure, yeah, such a senseless time period. But yeah. so now, so so just to wrap it all up before we go here. And by the way, are we still? Is this? Oh, we're still going. Good. Look at this. Yeah, we're just crushing yeah. it. First Tesla drive. Yeah. So you're using comedy as a way to, and I, correct me if I'm wrong here, break down the lack of companionship that you you weren't getting Is that right? yeah 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 i would say that and in general the fact that man there's a lot more that goes into it like also with um i've had some experience with with sexual assault as a man mm. when i was modeling by gay men and for men even talking about stuff like that i want to break the stigma that men cannot talk about emotions or cannot say that you know men have been assaulted like i've been i've been assaulted and, and raped basically and i had such a hard time even saying that it took me years like it happened Jeez. and then like for five years i didn't talk about it because i was like oh i'm a man i can't be affected by stuff like that you know because i'm a man i'm not supposed to feel these things um but i think there's such a power in the authenticity of of just being real as a man you know so that's really something i um, feel strongly about that is why i mean sorry to hear that but to be able yet i mean you will for sure have people when you discuss your own issues you will for sure find a community whether it's uh, someone who's got adhd or being on the spectrum coming out of the closet whatever exists out there someone else has gone through that yeah and the problem i think with a lot of social media is this younger generation thinks everything's perfect Mm -hmm. and so that it's almost so refreshing to hear a comedian on stage talk about something yeah they might be making light of of a situation but by talking about it they're owning it and they're owning exactly. their story, and I don't see I don't see that happening too much with social media. I mean, it, it happens now. We do we do embrace authenticity there, but there's also this idea like Instagram. You know, TikTok's a response to Instagram's perfection. Where yeah. TikTok's like, we're not going to be perfect. Yeah, you know, because Instagram was all about curating the perfect look. Then yeah. you look at that and you feel like your own life sucks because yeah. you can't live up to this standard. So by talking about real issues. It's like, yeah, that's that's one way to for sure be a magnet to people out there. Yeah. Go, oh, wow, this guy's got problems too. Yeah. It's tough. Um, I had one question I wrote down. I wanted to hear yeah. what's, what's sex ed like in Germany because we oh, have such sex a, ed? we have such a weird stigma here <laughs> with sex ed. It's different all over the country here, you know. Like we're yeah. so divided. You might have some some school districts that don't teach. They teach abstinence, like don't fuck. Don't don't even touch each other. Okay. And there's other school systems that they'll just show you photos of gonorrhea. Yeah. And try to scare the hell out of you. Wait, how's it in Florida? They don't don't say gay, right? The whole thing. Where I like, don't even you know. know. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. Um, so sex ed in Germany, I remember it. Also, mind you, like, uh, first of all, I think Germany's a lot more open in general when it comes to stuff. Europe in general is much more open when when it comes to that. Um, for whatever reason, I don't feel like we have the same. That's one thing also, like, we don't have the same bipartisan system where it's just, like, Democrats, Republicans, where it's, like, this... You don't have the culture war that we have? No, we don't. it's just a culture war. No, it, it it's really... Like, teaching sex ed shouldn't be a left or right issue. That's what I mean, but... It, but you, you pick a side? That's the thing, and that's something... Oh, my God, that's something I can go on and on about, because even the whole vaccine thing, right? There's some issues, like, gun control, gay rights, vaccine... It doesn't have to be attached to a Exactly. Side. Oh, my God. And here it's, like, you know, if you, if you say, like, uh, oh, yeah, I got the vaccine, oh, my... Or you didn't get the vaccine, or you hate trans people, like what the fuck? It's like, it's like what is happening in America? That's no, so for in Germany we have seven parties in the parliament. Oh, seven would be so great. So there's literally not have to be on one side versus exactly. The other. So an opinion is truly just an opinion. If you like, uh, for example, my dad, he didn't get the vaccine for whatever reason. He's not, but it doesn't mean that he's like one side of the political spectrum or the other. He's very much like uh, he voted like for the Dem- Dem- Democrats, but. 
It's it's just such a like uh, we, an opinion is an opinion in Germany as opposed to here an opinion is attached to a whole group that is fighting against another group. Yeah. Um, like for so, instance, yeah. today with the Supreme Court, um, they ruled that a a. A, someone who like makes websites doesn't have to make a website for a gay couple, and we had the same mm. issue with like someone who bakes cookies doesn't have to bake them for a gay couple. I'm the most the biggest supporter of equality out there, but I don't think you should force someone to have to do something. You know, so so we yeah. have a lot of issues that are like lines being drawn in the sand comes back to our litigious culture. Yeah. Where, where, yeah. So, so it's interesting to hear that over there, yeah. there are more options. So you probably don't feel like you have to yeah. pick one evil versus the other. Exactly. So sex ed, I mean, mind you back then that we didn't have the, the awareness. I mean, I, I'm, uh, when I went to school it was like in 2000 and whatever, like so I'm 29. It, it was, this it was not the same it was not as politicized like the, the whole like trans was not as right. you know was was not as common i would say uh that people talked about it yeah of course um so uh, sex ed i just remember it being very like biology class so they're teaching like, it, just, it yeah. are they providing you with like condoms and stuff mm -hmm. no yeah. Really? Okay. yeah yeah, yeah. they provided with, with condoms i remember we had one biology it was in biology we just got a stick of deodorant that's what they gave us oh yeah a little stick of deodorant okay I like, do i rub this in my dick what do i do yeah, what do <laughs> <laughs> they tell us what to do with it i was that's like hilarious. what is this you know? no they taught us about master how masturbation works wow uh, they they if anybody had any questions about it uh, I remember this co -ed specifically. Co-ed or just with the guys? Co-ed, both of them together. And are the kids laughing? Or are they? Uh, yeah, some. I mean, sure. Some of them at that age, you kind of know it. Kind of like it's a kind of taboo topic or whatever. But I remember just being very. We had a great teacher in biology. Shout out Herr Kappe. Yeah, and he would just. <laughs> Herr Kappe. Uh, he would just yeah. He would literally ask and be like, hey, if you have any questions anonymously after this. Um, you can put them in here or something and we'll answer them separately and then you can answer some like publicly and we literally talk about anything we talk about like where yeah like protection and, and all this stuff and it was not I don't remember it being a big deal to be honest that's, that's why it's even hard to talk to about it. it's just like just crazy it's just to think. school you know honestly it was like not much different than talking about um, we have, history in the south here we have a thing called purity culture so you've got dads that will sign contracts with their daughter to get them to remain a virgin wow. and then they'll take photos together and the daughter will wear like all white and they'll take photos like they're married and they'll be like it's a contract you sign with God and if you want to remain a virgin, that should be fine. But the idea that, you know, your parents' approval comes with that, if, if someone's assaulted, raped, or just loses their virginity before then, they then think their value is gone. So people yeah. are coming to realize how toxic oh, that yeah. culture exists in our country. And yeah. I, I wasn't raised by that. I, 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 I kind of um, lost my virginity a little later than most, but I always make the note, not because of religious reasons, I just had bad game. You know, I, mean? <laughs> I just wasn't good at trying to get laid. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, I, so I, I was curious about that because I do know obviously Europe is more progressive sexually than than we, we are kind yeah. of founded on a Puritan culture. Yeah. In some in some in some parts of the country. So even places like Canada, they come down thinking like they can talk about sex and we're like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. That's wild. Well dude No, it was it was <laughs> it was more interesting talking about history in Germany because of the Holocaust and all that. So that that was more that that I remember being more um of a uh, it, weird topic than you know sex ed obviously so, because yeah. of how fresh I mean because was. of because there's a lot of guilt attached in Germany we have we have we, we have so much guilt and we, that's all we learn in history class all about the Holocaust there's always that um, I remember going on a field trip to uh, to to a synagogue 
and uh, even to like a Holocaust museum. It's like it's it's wild. And even being German and stuff, that's like where I remember in school. That was the most memorable and most I would say like awkward, you know, moment in, in my education. Whereas sex ed was just like you know. Yeah. It's, it's, well, no. I mean, I can't I can't imagine. But that's just I you know that's a international. Uh, think you know. You say you're from Germany. People will associate, what, you know, a, a tragedy like yeah, that. yeah. Just like if you say you're from the U.S., people just think you know guns and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So you just yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just really goes to show we we work with our imprints that we have. I saw you have a tattoo that says "I won." Yes. What's that for? Um, it's basically like I read this book. It's called The Happiness Equation, and it, it, it talks about like, you know, we often think like we have to achieve these things and and, and do this and that, but even the ch- the fact that you're alive is like astronomical like, like it's like winning the lottery 10 times like the the, the chance of you being alive in, in in the universe is so unlikely and the fact that you know if you have um, if you have a home and you have a bank account you're better off than 90 percent of people in the world so like you're right off right so off you're the just bat. acknowledging your lottery ticket exactly yeah i won i won and anything on top of that is just a bonus Right, but it's like it grants you in that, yeah. What a great way to end. Let's end it on yeah. that. Dude, thanks we so won. much for joining me. Thank you so much. I'll link to you, you all yeah. your social medias. Not that you need any help. You're yeah. crushing it out there. But I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. No, it's super nice. Thank you. And I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Mario. I will post um, a link to his channel if you want to check him out. And don't forget, this will be available on tomorrow's YouTube. If you wanted to watch the conversation, go to YouTube and just search The Dave Neal Show. There'll be a link below or on my Linktree, linktree.com slash Dave Neal. i got stand-up show updates. Don't forget, August 17th in Huntington Beach, California at the Rec Room. And August 24th in Seattle. Uh, tickets for the Seattle show are live. And that's available linktree.com slash Dave Neal. All right, it's a beach day. I'm going to go out there and put my toes in the sand. Everyone have a nice weekend, and I'll see you on Monday. I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.